are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. This is John Ackerman with me as always, Tom Edwards, Mike Lara, and... We actually finished up the episode on finance with our friend Alex Voorhees, and we were still rolling. And we got to talking about friendship and still in this category of challenge versus discomfort. So again, if you're just joining us for this conversation, you really need, you've got some homework. I'm sorry. Um, you need to go back and catch the original discomfort episode. And then you really need to go back and catch the episode that we did with Alex on finance. Um one, it was just a phenomenal episode. Uh, but two, it just kind of gives you a sense of you know the dynamics between the four of us. Um, for that matter, if you really want to go back into the archives, you can go back to season two, episode 33, when we had Alex first on the show uh, to talk about mentorship. Uh, because what we're capturing here in this episode, we're still in this category of discomfort. And we want to talk about brotherhood. And... Again, quick summation, challenge is, you know, sort of a known entity, a known path, and it's just pushing ourselves, you know, to exceed and excel beyond what we you know, are accustomed to. Discomfort is, I don't know where the heck I'm going. I don't know how to do this at all. I feel woefully, you know, you know unprepared and ill-equipped, but I think out there is something good for me. You know, that's where Alex took us in that finance episode. It wasn't about investment strategies. It wasn't about budgeting and saving and things like that. Is We really need to get to the heart of what we believe and are probably largely unaware of when it comes to this issue of money and what it means in our life. And so we're going to try to tackle this, this topic of brotherhood. Um, you know, We had done a series on challenge earlier, and one of the challenge episodes that we did was on relationship, masculine friendship. And the challenge of engaging with other guys and, you know, breaking past some of those initial awkward places of, are, you know, like, I'm, I'm a man, like, you know, I, do, I, do I need a close friend or can I just have like a drinking buddy or a golf buddy or a, like Halo still a thing, right? The kids these days, they still play Halo, right? Am I just that old now? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> dang it. I think it's getting re-released, sure. but okay. Yeah, everything comes back around, right? Um, but to push deeper into something that isn't just, you know, coworker friendship, isn't just next door neighbor friendship, and, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But I think if you got a room full of guys together and you were able to go around a circle with total honesty and transparency, I think you'd find a lot of the guys in that room going, I really wish... I had a friend that knew me, that that knew me probably in a way that would feel uncomfortable, but they know everything about me. They know my hopes. They know my fears. Um, they know the worst moments of my life. They've been there for some of those. They know some of the best moments of my life and why they were the best, and hopefully we're, we're there for some of those too. Um, but that we've, we've sort of narrowed the circle from friendship to brotherhood. Um, and we referenced um, 
you know, the, the interview that we had with Morgan Snyder a ways back, which I realized now was in the summer. And that's how COVID, that's how much COVID has jacked up my brain and sense of chronology, that it was that long ago. But Morgan was talking about the reality that you can be authentic with everyone. You can, you can be yourself no matter where you are. It's uncomfortable, but you can do it. But when we, get, when we talk about transparency and vulnerability and letting people inside just a little bit, you can't do that with everyone. Because everyone won't get the whole context. They won't know all of your story. And so that really is a, a smaller circle. But there's an even smaller circle inside of that. And that's the people that know you intimately. Mm. And not in like a weird way, don't go there. But the, the people that, that, that almost know you in spite of your best attempts to hold some things back. Mm. Yeah. That feels like brotherhood. Yeah. That feels like that innermost circle of deep connection that you really can only have with a select few. Uh, and you probably had to put in some time and you probably had to put in some miles and you probably had to put in you know, at least one or more major misunderstandings or fights or whatever. But that's kind of where we want to go with this. And so, Alex, I'm glad you were able to stick around for this conversation um, just because this feels like a really good fourth chair opportunity that none of us are expert on, but that all of us now have some shared experience with and all of us have some unique perspective on. And so this may be another one of those episodes in this series on discomfort where we don't necessarily have answers. This is not going to be the finance episode where we actually walk you, and by we, I mean Alex, walks you through some really helpful <laughs> steps and how to resolve some of this in your life. This may just be more bringing things to the surface, letting some questions come up uh, that maybe we haven't dealt with before. So after a very long preface, guys, what's sort of coming to the surface on this topic of of brotherhood, of deep, meaningful, personal, intimate connection with a select group of people. You know, honestly, the first thing that came to mind is this feels more like true discomfort than the distinction we've been trying to draw between discomfort and challenge. Because, uh, you know, we've kind of framed up challenge as uh, trying to tackle the known entities or get better in the, the areas where I, I have some path forward, right? And like, I'm not going to set a goal for myself this year to make five close friends. <laughs> and, you know, it's <laughs> not on my board. Um, number one, because I have, you know, a bunch of guys that I'm already close with. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel like... Uh, as a result of that, you know, in this area that I'm doing pretty well. Um, but I think as, as we start to talk about it in the, the way that Morgan framed it up of uh, more of the depth of those relationships, I'm not feeling challenged. I'm feeling uncomfortable because I need to choose to let people in and choosing to let people in means I'm dropping whatever front that I'm walking around 95% of the time with and you're going to see the messy sides too and that's a risk. You know, that's a that's a big risk that we take relationally uh that there's no guarantee that's going to fall out well 
for us, you know? Um, And I think for me, at least that that's a big fear that I have in stepping out um, in relationships and and in particular in the area of brotherhood is you're going to see my crap and you're going to be scared of it, be, uh, uh, you know, ashamed of it, uh, embarrassed by it. Uh, and, and, you know, ultimately reject me for it. Um, and so when we approach brotherhood, uh, from that perspective, then, uh, just like we've been talking about in the other episodes, it's going to color the way that we, uh, come up against all these topics, right? It's going to, it's going to change the way that I interact with other guys in a setting that we're supposed to be vulnerable and intimate with each other yeah that's that's for sure i think um you know when we first talked about this subject i i kind of went like didn't we already have this topic didn't we already go over this like season one masculine friendship and i started thinking about it, i was like no that's that's like the prequel right that's that's the, right. that's the steps to get yeah. into brotherhood and uh and i always make this joke i have two very close friends um one i call my best friend and the other uh, i call my brother and and everybody's like, oh, you're gonna go hang out with your best friend. I'm like, well, he's not even, he's not my best friend. We're, he's not my best friend. And everybody's like, that's mean. I was like, no, you can you can get rid of your best friend. I can't get rid of my brother. Like he's <laughs> he's here from he's here with me now forever. We've we've known each other twenty plus years, and he knows everything about me, and I know everything about him. And it's beyond just the best friend role now, right? It's if my kids call him uncle, you know my you know he he like. I mean, without without a doubt, like we are basically. Fa- I mean, we we made it Facebook official. We we are brothers on Facebook. <laughs> That's how much of a relationship we have, right? And so, you know, when I when when we talk about that, like, um, it took me a little bit. It took me a while to kind of identify that to kind of say, okay, yeah, this is what what this really is, right? This is brotherhood. This is this is we've we've battled together, we've mourned together, we've grieved together, we've done so much to build this relationship to call, to call ourselves brother, um. And it's funny now because that is also the lens I look at when I look at other friendships now, right? And and because I've learned what masculine friendship has been, especially in the last you know two to three years, um, for lack of a better terms, it's kind of messed up my other friendships in the in the sense that like you know my neighbor will walk by and say, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" And I'm like, I- "I'm I'm doing well." Um, how about you? How are you doing? He's like, I'm doing good. Could be better. I'm like, well, well, you know, tell me more about that. And and then he just looks at me like, whoa, I don't like, I don't know <laughs> you like that. Yeah, that well, you, like, how are you going to ask me a follow up question? I'm like, oh, stupid masculine friendships has taught me to go deep. <laughs> now I'm asking random people more questions. No, but it, it really has kind of like, it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's looking through the, you know, through the looking glass or, you know, having that, having that sense where you're, you've, you're kind of taught how to have these friendships now and actually see what can come from that. Right. And, and when you said brotherhood, it really, it really started me, um, going down the path of brotherhood isn't instant. It's something that's built and something that's developed. And over the last, like, you know, from the, from the moment that I've, and I've told the story that, you know, I walked around the church and I saw a bunch of guys high-fiving and shaking and giving hugs. And I was like, man, I want, I want that in my life to being a part of that to now my, like I said, my kid's calling some of you guys uncle and like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's really developed a lot. And I think it's, it's something that comes with time, right? Brotherhood is, is something that's built. It's something that you have to invest in. It's something that you have to work towards. And, uh, but it's, man, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. I, I love 
Mike's heart for brotherhood. Like when, after being friends with him, and I know this is the same experience for you guys, like he made it a point that he was training his kids to look at us as family. Like he was telling them, Hey, this is uncle John, uncle Uncle Tom, like it's not Mr. You know, and we've kind of followed suit. Like we've been inspired by the way that you have, I think led the community to see family, right. To see it, see each other as family. And on the topic of brotherhood, you know, this the difference, right, between challenge and discomfort. I kind of like marriage is a challenge. Like it is hard. There are a lot of tough things you have to go through. But I know pretty darn well, like if I fight through it, like me and Emily are going to be together when we're gray and old, like in our 70s and 80s. Brotherhood feels a little bit like the discomfort, right? Like there's a lot of things that can go wrong that can tear people apart, right? Like whether it's just busyness, interest changing, uh, people changing, people moving, right? There, there's so many components to it that makes it difficult. And one of the things that I've been really challenged with, and John and I were talking about this the other day, was about a year ago, I kind of clammed up for good reason, like my marriage needed attention, like we needed time to ourselves. But I pretty much went, okay, if I have three buckets, like family, and I just put friends as a bucket and then work as a bucket, like I gotta work and my family is the most pri- biggest priority. So like friends just fall off. And what I was realizing was I, I wish I had differentiated between my brothers, right? Like your, your close few and your friends. And I wish I had said, no, my family is the number one priority. Then it's my brothers and then it's work. And yes, my friends might have to fall off for a period of time. Um, Because you can like brotherhood takes effort. Like it takes time. It takes sticking around. And if you disappear or you choose to not engage with it for a long period of time, um, it's hard to, it's hard to take shape. Yeah. You know what's cool about brotherhood though too and I was uh, as you're saying that I was thinking about that right now too is once you reach brotherhood level it's one of those ones where I don't it's it's really hard to break right like I mean I have I have brothers where I've I've you know in the military specifically where you know I could call them up a year two three years down the road and say hey man like I need your help and a true brother will be there right uh, a, a friend may yeah. say, ah, yeah, I don't got PTO this week, so we'll figure something yeah. out. Um, and so, yeah, so being engaged, I think it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, you know, I, I automatically went to the video games when John started talking Halo. And so I started thinking about like, all right, so how did Super Mario get big and how did he get the tail or whatever? And, and, and in my mind, that's, you know, brotherhood is something you work towards, something you get. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and, and honestly, if you call somebody a brother, I don't think you can strip that title from them. Right. That's, that's, that's something that's like, I think that to reach that level, that's, that's pretty high. Right. That's something that's, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to, it's hard to earn. And, uh, and, and, and that's why, right. Cause you can't, you can't yeah. strip that away. Yeah. It does kind of feel like the way we're talking about like a, like a video game. Like once you've arrived at brotherhood, like it can't be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I agree. I think in the formation, like the time it takes to form that bond, mm-hmm. it like, it's important that like, things don't come in the way, right? Because things can come in the way and it does take time for you to look at someone as a brother. And I'm, I'm curious, Mike, you know, 
these guys that you were in the military with, like how much of that do you think is formed just from the common experience that you guys have and like going through that together, right? All being in the same place, which was a tough place to be in. Like what, what role did that play in versus just like people that, you know, you like or had common interests with? No, I think that's a great question. I think it, 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 it for lack of a better terms, I have to describe it as force brotherhood. Right. It was it was kind of like I have nobody else to rely on but the guys to my left and right. And so you 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 learn to to trust early and and realize that there is importance behind it. I joke during my um, during my last month or two of of advanced individual training, I was uh, my roommate was a guy from um Kentucky and we always had this rule that the first one in the room um after workouts in the morning got to pick the music and for two months I listened to sh- country music because he was faster than me and could get to the room a lot faster than me. <laughs> and uh you know from a Southern California kid and we talked about it before country music was it was not my thing but um you know by the end of this by the end of two months he was a a great friend and you know I, I learned all of uh uh, uh, Toby Keith's greatest hits. And, and, you know, it was, it was one of those situations where, you know, uh, it, we became really good friends because of the stuff that we had to kind of encounter and go, grow through. So I think it's a great question. I think the army kind of does force you to, to find and identify similarities quick, fast and, and, and understand each other. And, and there's not, I mean, there's not really room for hate, you know, there's not, there's just not there. Um, but the hard part on that is also the, the inverse of, of me coming out of the military and not having that force brotherhood. Right now it's kind of like, all right, I'm a civilian now. I can't just go punch somebody in the shoulder and say, all right, you're my brother. That that doesn't work when you get out. Right. Right. And so I think that's, that was a flip side of the coin was, you know, trying to establish friendships when I, I didn't know how to make those. Right. I, I, I truly didn't. It was, it was basically, you know, two hamsters in a cage you guys are besties now right and that's how it worked now it's kind of like i have all this freedom and choice and i can pick my friends and uh, all right who wants to be my friend you know and it's it's it's, it's, it's a <laughs> lot harder it's a lot harder once you once you're not forced to uh establish brotherhood yeah well and it's a lot harder too i feel like uh number one the the pool gets wider Right. Yeah. Then, then like you said, you know, you're kind of forced into the situation with, with guys that are all going through the same thing. You know, like there's a, a level of understanding that that's just there. And, and so, um, then you get thrown in the ocean you're like, okay, what direction am I going to go? Um, but there's also like needing to navigate the, the, the undercurrents of, well, I want to be your friend. You want to be my friend? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is this going to work? Uh, how, how do we, you know, <laughs> I got to be friends with all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That part sucks. Yeah. So question then. Um, and again, we realize we're pretty much speaking here from anecdotal experience. And so not laying out hard and fast, you know, this works all the time for everyone, but at least reflecting on our own experiences and, and recognizing what got us to where we are now, which is not just friendships, but a close brotherhood that, that we truly value. Um, and honestly, even the comfort, I mean, I, I so badly wanted to make a couple of jokes in the moment and really had to resist it. But I mean, Mike talking about 
his best friend, and his brother, that was none of the three of us on this call. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, and we're okay with that because we've developed such a depth of relationship that like we're not threatened by each other, right? And yeah. that's not always the case with friendship, right? And especially early in friendships, there's there is sort of that competitive nature of wait, you, you're spending time with somebody else, mm, yeah. And, you know, so I thought things we like were that. exclusive, so, right? <laughs> um, so things that I'm wondering, and again, we're just speaking from our own experience, but you know, that that's about all you can do on a podcast like this. What, what do you look for as you're starting to forge this on the front end? And then how do you maintain this? Like what is what has this required either of you or for you in order to sustain these closest connections? Yeah. I think uh, the first question, John, about, you know, what are you looking for? How do you, how do you, um, for me, that was, had to do with a lot of soul searching. Um, you know, we, we've shared on the podcast before um, that I, I kind of came to faith um, a little bit later on than, than a lot of folks, you know, I was in my early twenties Um and, uh, and at grad school and, and kind of far away from everybody that, that I knew and grew up with and family and all that. Um, and then moved back home and, uh, you know, started to have my real first church experiences and, and got married. And so, you know, now I'm doing church with my wife and we're trying to figure out what that looks like for our family and all that. Um, and we got into a real great small group, um, you know, similar to us, uh, young couples, uh, singles and, and all that, just kind of, you know, early career type small group um, and some really good friends that uh, I think, given the time, would have gone down that that brotherhood route. Um, and then we ended up moving and, and we came down here to Virginia and, um, you know, we, we kind of did the church shop thing and, and then both of us really started to feel the lack of uh, the the friendships and the vulnerability that we had had in that small group. And so um, even though I, you know, would definitely consider myself strongly introverted, uh, you know, there was that period of soul searching where this is what I need. Uh, and, and I feel that need very deeply. Um, and essentially what that need boils down to is people that understand the way I'm trying to do life. Um, you know, we've, we've used the the term before, which we will continue to, to steal um, mercilessly from wild at heart. Um, the like-hearted Kings, you know, I think for me, that's the first requirement. Um, are we going in the same direction? Because if we're going in the same direction, then we can have the, you know, the secondary and tertiary, like, do I want to lock arms with you? Um, you know, is this, is this something that we're going to try and figure out for the long haul? Um, but, but for me, that's the first question is, are we trying to move in the same direction? Um, and so that requires a little bit of, of self-knowledge, right? What direction am I trying to go in? Uh, wh what am I trying to do? Who am I trying to be? Um, and then can I find people doing the same thing? Mm -hmm. 
No, Tom, I think that's a, a great definition and something to, to look at that way. Um, as I was looking to answer that question selfishly, the first thing I thought is, um, you know, men that I want my children to see examples of, right? And be like other, like, hey, I want, this is an example of what a man does is when I look for brotherhood. And that's that's clearly defining what, what you said, right? Are we on the similar path? Um, you know, I've heard it, um, I've heard it said the reverse side of, you know, I'm investing in my kids' friends because, you know, my kids aren't always going to listen to me, but they'll listen to their friends. I look at it, well, like the opposite way too, like, Hey, you know, my kids aren't always going to listen to me, but they'll listen to their uncles. Right. And so like, so one of the things that I've always looked at is who do I want, who do I want influencing my child? Right. And, and, you know, to make that cut, to make that list is, is, is a pretty high standard. And, you know, I can, I can, you know, to try to build up for the save that I didn't call you guys my best friend or my brother, I can safely say that everybody on this podcast <laughs> is somebody that I am proud to say um, I would I would have you know my sons look up to as 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 you know just great men period right and uh, and so when I, I look at that and when when we try to establish that I I, I think you just kind of nailed it Tom just like I like minded kings right okay so let me throw this out then. Um, Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just looking for further clarification, but um, for us in that, you know, in Christian community, um, is that going to be every guy in church? Or how do we start narrowing the field then? Um, well, I think it's hard too, right? Because I wouldn't say it's every guy in church, period, right? Because I know, like, my, my I've talked about my, my brother's not in church, and that's something that I've worked on with him and something that I've talked to him about. And while um, I believe he has some great qualities, you know, and he's working hard, but he's not he's not in church, right? And that's something that, you know, I would have to, I would have to argue that, you know, doesn't, yeah, not everybody in church is automatically going to make that list, but not everybody out of church automatically doesn't not make that list, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I think you start to look for some of those same things that you would look in any sort of relationship, you know, reliability, character, you know, the, are you the kind of person that's going to show up? Are you going to kind of person, are you going to be the kind of person that is going to be willing to forgive when forgiveness is necessary, because it's going to be necessary? Um, you know, are, are you going to be the kind of person that if I'm not, if I'm withholding a little bit, is not going to then pull back in turn until we both just drift away. But you know, you're, you're going to come at me or come after me, um, that, that there is sort of a mutual accountability. And I think it's easy to focus on some of the peripheral things that might feel like they're essential at first, whether it's faith or politics or employment or geography or fan, you know, sports fandom or, you know, and I mean, we all disagree to some extent on our politics. We all have wildly different sports fandoms and, <laughs> and this still works mm -hmm. because we've gotten to those deeper places. And, you know, for, for me that, that phrase like hearted King wasn't in my vocabulary until just a few years ago. But once I heard it, it seemed to encapsulate what I had always wanted most in my closest friendships that, that this is someone who is is a peer, you know, a like-hearted king is someone who has a similar capacity to me, um, not only for what they're after in life, but what they're after in friendship. 
what they're after in brotherhood. Um, and, and I was reminded of this just last year that I think too often we look for too many similarities mm-hmm. and I, I was, frankly, I was struggling with, you know, a subset of our close group of friends. It may have been some of you honestly don't remember. Um, but I, I was really struggling with it and I needed to take some time alone to process. And it felt like God very kindly corrected my perception at the time, which was, you, you don't need replicas. You don't need other people that are like you in the ways that are most comfortable, right? To bring this back around to discomfort. You don't need the people that aren't going to challenge you. You need the people that are going to challenge you. You don't yeah. need the people that like all the things that you like. You need the people that like different things as well, because that's going to push you into places or that dislike you need to some go. of the things that you like. Seriously, to help you recognize that you're not always right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you, you need allies, not yeah. replicas. Yeah. And so you need people with different skills, different gifts, different callings, but that have one heart. Yeah. Yeah. You almost need, I can almost have a higher degree of confidence um, that our, our brotherhood will, will stick around if there isn't so many. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Like I remember my marriage counselor being like, you're not marrying the person that's in front of you. You're going to marry them again, five years from now and 20 years from now, 30 years, like people. So if you're just looking for people who are similar to you, that kind of sound like you say you have similar beliefs, like good luck. Cause those things, those things are going to change. Like I, I'm looking for, in a lot of ways, counterbalances, right? And people who, like you said, John, are my peers and can are not scared to look at me in the eye and call me on my BS and bring me back down to planet Earth, right? Yeah. When I'm veering off course. Um, you know, I, I, especially as Christian men, you know, going after specific things that we feel like God has called us to, like there are going to be times where we lose sight of that. And if your brother is afraid to tell you, like you've lost sight of that, like you're going off course, like that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, you know, we talk about similarities and we talk about the things that we want to encourage and how we want to have like money Kings. But one of the things that I was recently um, reintroduced to and something that kind of made, it made me super uncomfortable. um, But the thought of, you know, and kind of going back off our, our episode before, but um, was the subject of finances. And uh, we got on the subject of why are we not more involved with our brothers and, and financial decisions that they're making, right? And this came up to the point of, you know, uh, financial summit meetings to have a brother that could be like, Mike, why are you buying that new Toyota RAV4? I, you know, I know where you're at. Do you really need to be purchasing that vehicle, right? And having brothers that could call you on that, right? And as we started going on the subject, I, I started thinking to myself like, that is super uncomfortable, right? Money's mm. money's real quick and yeah. easy to be taboo. We kind of talked about that. Like, all right, you guys don't know my uh, my earning statement. I don't know yours, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> at the same point, like, why not? Like, why, why, why? As if we call each other ourselves brothers, like, 
there's a point in when when I want to be able to look at it from clearer eyes, right? Somebody that doesn't have the same emotional attachment of 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 the things that I do, right? And be able to can look at it from a, a, a logical sense. And you know, I think that's easy why it's easy to go to a, a stranger and kind of say, hey, you know, help me out with this. When we have brothers like next to us that that could easily say. Mike, that's a stupid choice. Don't do that, right? And so he challenged me earlier this year in, in, in that subject. And I'm not going to lie. I, I, it made me super uncomfortable. I was kind of like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to, to uh, you know, open up the curtain and, and let somebody peek more into my life that way. And it, 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 it kind of made me think, like, why? Like, do I have secrets? Am I hiding stuff? Or, you know, what's what's the point in that? And um, when you think about brotherhood, that is that, you know, you know, it's funny. I, I'm thinking about it now. I don't even think my brother knows what I make. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's an excuse for us to keep it secret the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think you know it, that was kind of like the point of of my question, right? Is there's a lot of good dudes that are not going to make this cut because there there's another level that we're talking about, uh, which is what really makes this conversation fall into the category of discomfort, right? Of you are maybe going to need to, uh, you know, take financial advice from a brother or, or take a financial spanking from a, a, a brother, yeah. you know, now and again. Uh, and, you know, so we're combining two comfortable, uh, discomfortable categories, uh, you know, in one. Um, and, and not everybody's going to be able to, to fit that bill. You know, you, you're going to, have to be selective in the people that you're choosing to let in to that level. So I got a, I got a question about the level and maybe this goes into mentorship or, or even perspective, but, um, I am middle brother, right? So I have big brother and I have little brother. When you guys look at brotherhood, is it often, or can it be in the lens of equals or do you often see yourself as big brother or little brother in a lot of these relationships? That's been a hard one for me, honestly, Mike. <laughs> and thank you for outing me on that. Um, because, you know, I was the older brother in my family. And in our friend group, other than Tom, I'm also the oldest. Thanks, and, John. Well, you, you know, honesty. Months. Um, months, man. Months. <laughs> I didn't say by how much. <laughs> a year. Um, and it, so it's – that that has been one of the things – that I've had to work on and not always been terribly successful at of not coming to these friendships with an older brother mentality or a, you know, senior by virtue of age or greater life experience or, you know, things like that. Um, and to let go of some of those things that a part of me internally might use as frankly, as self-defense in the moments where I am uncomfortable in the moments where I am less confident to try to pull those out as trump cards and to to allow myself to be leveled with the people that I am choosing to invest in, you know, at this depth of, um, like I, I don't just I don't just get to by default have those privileges that I had growing up with my little brother, where he's always going to be my little brother. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's been one of the things that. I've had to work on and continue to have to work on to sustain these close connections. So thanks, Mike. 
Yeah, I think for me, also coming from an older brother uh, perspective, uh, this is almost having to be on a level playing field. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if we talk about the the idea of of locking arms or locking shields or or whatever analogy we want to use, right? That by definition means I'm not the dude out front. There isn't a dude out front. Like we're all in a line. Um, and that that's not to say that, that people don't have strengths and I'm not going to be looking to people um, in the group for that. I think Alex is a great example of this. Um, you know, like the way that Alex approaches his relationship with his wife, uh, there is a lot that I learn from him. Um, financially, obviously, he has more background than that. And so, you know, there's there is a recognition of areas where guys are further along than I am uh, and and that I can pick things up from them. Um, but doing that from the position of we're in this together no one's in charge um, and we're going to all move the line forward as one. Yeah, it's a great, great way to put it. And, and thank you for using Alex's uh, an, um, ability as a husband. Cause I, I tell you what, that is something I look up to. And I, 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 I say it all the time, Alex, you're, you're an awesome husband and something that I, I look towards as a, as a model for behavior. So sorry to make you blush on, on the podcast, but <laughs> Just makes me feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are, you guys are kind. Yeah, we, yeah, need I, so, we need to have somebody on the podcast we can just beat up. Can we? Can we do that? <laughs> That'll be the next episode. We want one here to convict you and condemn you. All right, all right. That was all the good stuff. Now let's beat them up. Yeah, but now, Tom. I mean, I I agree, and. Um, you're an I, I awesome think husband? Is that what you just said? You agree you're an awesome husband? I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am in complete agreement that I am an amazing husband. <laughs> no, but on like they they need to be peers, like Tom said. And like Tom and like John mentioned, like they don't necessarily have to be in the same stage of life. Like you can have people. And, and I honestly think that's one of the benefits, right? Is someone who is maybe your brother who is older than you that is willing to receive from you, right? Like that, that's kind of a natural thing is, is someone who's maybe older is like not willing to receive. But if they are, right, that's a pretty powerful relationship because they can offer wisdom and experience and their junk is, is probably much more apparent to you than it is them because it's had years to compound on itself lies that they've believed for 70 years are a lot more apparent and play them out themselves out a lot more than someone who they've been playing it out for 20 or 30 years as an extreme example. But right. I, there's definitely a benefit if both people are willing to, to yield to the other and look each other in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So another question along these lines is, you know, wh what does it take to sustain this? And so we've hit on a little bit of, you know, what we've had to come to realize about ourselves but are there some inevitabilities to having and sustaining connections like this? Is there just crap that you have to go through or, or almost like it doesn't count? Like you can't get to this depth of friendship unless, like we said earlier, you've walked through some of the worst parts together, some of the traumatic moments, or at least they know about the worst parts, or you've celebrated some of the great victories together. 
Um, does does it feel like some or all of that is required to get to this place? Yeah. So as as I was making that statement about how brotherhood takes a long time and you have to be willing to see it and it can fall off very easily, I felt honestly, and and this is making the podcast very evident that we're all just trying to figure this out as we go and we don't have it all figured out because um, I had a kind of change of heart as Mike was responding to me. But Mike's response of, no, like once you call them a brother, like they can be a brother for the rest of your life, you know, if you don't hear for them for a period of time or whatever. And as you were talking about the guys in the army, I was, I was reminded of, um, of a book that I, I just read called on desperate ground. And it's about the, the, um, first battalion who's in the Korean war, the chosen reservoir, and they're surrounded by all sides by Chinese soldiers. And these two guys from different parts of the country end up in a foxhole together. And like they met for the first time that night and they went to battle like for 12 hours straight, just absolutely exhausted. And they're, you know, it's like the typical like camaraderie stuff. They're like giving each other a hard time or whatever. But one of them ends up getting wounded very severely. Um, and the guy who was in the foxhole with them, you know, writes about how he stayed at his side basically for like 48 hours until he passed away. And then he wept hysterically. And, um, you know, there's other stories from other war books about people, you know, being in the trenches with a soldier and they pass away and they've met him for the first time and they go home and like go and, and tell their wife, like what the soldier said, the last words and like yeah. maintain relationships with family members that they would have never known for the rest of their lives. Right. Because of this moment of trauma. And so I was just, I was kind of convicted by that, honestly, because I just viewed it as this like delicate thing that needs to be preserved. And quite frankly, I think, common experiences can speed up brotherhood and sustain it, right? Yeah. Being willing to go through hard things with people is a good barometer for will this last, right? Yeah. 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 You can have a happy friendship with only happy experiences, but I feel like to get to this place that we're talking about, you do kind of have to go through some crap at some point and you don't have to like it. And there's all like, I mean, you know, that example you mentioned, there's all kind of movie references that we could make of trials forge something stronger than if you wouldn't have had to go through it in the first place. And it sucks that that's the reality, but it also proves the value of what comes out of that trial and that trauma is something that could only be forged in the heat of those kinds of moments. And one of the things that I truly value again, just looking at the screen of, of three people, like we've walked through some crap together and that we've known each other different amounts of time, but none of us has gotten into double digits as far as number of years we've been friends. And yet the closeness that I feel like we have with each other exceeds any of the connections that I still have with people that I've known for 10 plus years because they've just, they've not gone through the crap that I've gone through and I've not had the opportunity to go with them through their hard things. It's, it's been relationship at a distance, whether just, you know, personal arms length or geographic arms length or whatever the case is. And 
Um, so yeah, Alex, I, I totally agree that there's there's definitely an element here of, of acceleration and also sustaining. Yeah. And John, I think also, like you said, opportunity, right? I mean, there's certain things that we just don't, we just don't have the opportunity then to do. I mean, I can, I can tell you like I've, I've known Tom for close to a decade, right? But during that first part, we were, we were friends, right? We ran in the same circles and, and I, you know, I think about, um, he shared on the, on the podcast story of Aiden's birth and all the stuff that he went through. And I wasn't on that list of first to call. Right. And I think about now in our friendship, like I, I, I hope I'd be in the first one, be one of the first ones to call. Right. But then I knew him, I knew of him. We, you know, our kids now grow up together and hang out together. But at that point, we weren't at that level to where I, you know, had the opportunity to really serve him as a brother. And I, I, you know, not that I have like regret on some things, but I, I look back at those opportunities and think to myself like, wow, like what could have grown from there? What could have happened? Like I've, I've heard Tom tell the story on the podcast and I think to myself like, wow, you know, I, I had an opportunity there that I could have stepped up, right? I've said the same thing yeah. about, you know, Zach on his 100, right? He ran 100 a couple years ago, and, and he asked for pacers. And at the time, I was like, oh, I'm not going to pace him. He's running too fast, or he's too – he you know, that's too far for me to go. And, and I feel like I missed an opportunity to kind of to, – to, to work something hard with somebody and establish those, 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 uh, those brotherhoods, right? So – I think opportunity is key, right? And I'm not saying seize the opportunity, but you know, when those opportunities come, you have to. I think you have to be ready to to ask yourself the question of, of you know, is this somebody like I really want to be a brother with, you know, and 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 take those opportunities when they come. Yeah, I think the I think that accelerate word it, it probably encapsulates it the best, yeah. right? Because it it does it gives you that chance to. Uh, to see who's going to be there and who's not going to be there, you know? Uh, and, and I had opened saying this is an uncomfortable place because you're taking a risk relationally stepping out that I'm going to reveal myself and people aren't going to, uh, appreciate me or they're going to reject me for, you know, what I reveal to them. Um, and so you can build that over time, the trust that you, you know, I'm safe with you. It's okay for, for us to share things. Um, but you start talking about going through some hard stuff and that just real quick gives you the evidence of these are the people that have my back. These are the people that I'm going to call when, you know, something is going really wrong in my life and I need help or I just need a shoulder or whatever it is. Um, you know, the, the sitting in a foxhole for 12 hours does that super fast. Uh, you know, live in life with people that are experiencing hard things does that pretty fast also, you know? And, and I think, um, it, it quickly identifies those safe spaces when, when you're put in those kind of situations with people and, and you find out who's willing to do that with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely call you Mike. <laughs> <laughs> And I know one of the challenges here, I mean, for me, just as I'm reflecting on this conversation was it feels like it took me so long to get here because that ache for this had been there since high school and the high school friendships, they just, they didn't last. Like I'm still connected with some of the people from high school, 
but it's not this. And those college friendships, they're, you know, some of them have, have been sustained, but they're not this. And, you know, even the relationships that I've forged with coworkers and friends and neighbors along the way, I mean, I am so fortunate to, to feel like I have an extended network of friends and acquaintances. But it took me until I was in my early 30s to start to find this, you know, after you know, a decade and a half, almost two decades of searching. And I know some people are listening to this and going, that's nothing. I've been trying for, you know, double that. Um, and I've had conversations with older guys where, I mean, you can hear the ache that this is what they had hoped for. This is what they had looked for. This is what they had tried for. And they've kind of just given it up. Like, it's just, you know, it's too late for me. It's not going to happen. And, you know, so that's, that's one of the places where we don't necessarily have answers for it. Um, I am not willing to say that you just luck into it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not lucky, then you don't get it. Um, because like we said, I mean, this is stuff that you have to fight for, that you have to invest in, that you, you have to deal with the rejection of apparently it's not this one. You know, I, I got to keep looking, but I firmly believe that this is possible for everyone. But man, is it uncomfortable because there is no clear cut pathway. You know, this was easy in elementary school when everybody had to be your friend. Right. Cause the teacher was there to enforce it. We've long since lost that luxury. Right. And so, I mean, this is, this is not just challenge. This is wild discomfort. And so please know that all of this that we've said up till now comes with the greatest empathy for just how difficult this is. Um, but just as we talked about in the first episode on discomfort, and just as we talked about in the episode on discomfort in your finances, these are things worth fighting for. These are things worth pursuing, even if the path is unknown, even if you feel woefully ill-equipped. These are the things worth pursuing. So thank you guys for being with us for this episode, for this series. Alex, thanks for sticking around and, and recording back-to-back. And honestly, just personally, thank you, Tom, Mike, and Alex for sticking with me and allowing me to stick with you to forge these kinds of bonds. So on behalf of all of us here at Strong Towers, um, thank you all for sticking with us over these last couple of years. And we're just, we don't know where it's going, but we're looking forward to seeing where we all end up together. So we'll see you guys next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strong towers for your chance to score some strong tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you back here real soon.